Welcome to Supply Chain Now, the voice of global supply chain. Supply Chain Now focuses on the best in the business for our worldwide audience, the people, the technologies, the best practices, and today's critical issues, the challenges and opportunities. Stay tuned to hear from those making global business happen right here on Supply Chain Now. Hey everybody, Scott Luton with Supply Chain Now. Welcome to today's show. We've got a great uh, guest lined up here as we're wrapping up our coverage uh, as part of the 18th Annual Reverse Logistics Association Conference and Expo. It's been the center of the universe for all things reverse logistics and returns management right here in Vegas. And we're joined by one of our favorites, a repeat guest, friend of the show, today's featured guest, Claudia Freed, President and CEO of EAL Green. Claudia, how are you doing? I'm great, and it's great to see you, Scott. It's wonderful to be back on your show. Well, it's been too long. You're one of our, our whole team's favorites. When we met a couple of years ago now, knocked it out of the park. We've done a couple of podcasts and live streams. I think you're on uh, Logistics with Purpose. I With was. our dear friend Enrique Alvarez. And what I'm excited about, perhaps most beyond all of that, is you and your team have continued to grow and do more for others, which we're going to touch on here as part of our conversation, right? Excellent. And I remember when we did the uh, Logistics with Purpose that we did it also in Spanish. Yes. So you have been a great supporter of the message in other languages as well. Well, I appreciate that, Claudia. I need to practice what I preach and get <laughs> become more bilingual, right? Myself. Absolutely. I'm going to challenge myself. Maybe, it, maybe this year. It'd be one of those things I add to my priority list. But... Let's rekindle our listeners' understanding of who Claudia Freed is before we get into the heavy lifting. So talk to us a bit about where you grew up. I was born and raised in Argentina, and I made the United States my home when I was 18 years old, that I came to the U.S. as an exchange student, pursuing a dream to someday go to college. I wanted to be a doctor, but I uh, did not become a doctor. I studied economics instead. That is... You could be a, uh, a dangerous professional knowing the economics, right? Yes. I was, that was not my gift and talent. I, I struggled through any accounting, macroeconomics. The professor was, uh, I was lucky not to get kicked out of class. But so economics it was for your path. Why, why economics? Why? A very interesting question. And you mentioned a professor. Yes. Uh, sometimes mentors play a significant role in our lives. I went to a small college in Chicago, and my professor, Dr. Lee Sunholm, uh, had an impact on my understanding of how one can bring a business understanding to doing well in the world, and he ignited that curiosity about mm. economics, and I followed my dream. Love that. Sounds like you had a eureka moment there in college, and it's, it's really made an impact on your journey. Yeah. Let's switch gears for a second. Favorite sports team of all time? Oh, the Bulls, 1991-1992. The Chicago Bulls. Absolutely. The Basketball, champs. yes. Chicago Bulls. If I'm not mistaken, that 91 team is when Michael Jordan got finally got and had that breakthrough moment and got his first trophy, right? You are absolutely right. And I remember that because I was pregnant with my twins. <laughs> so that is what I was remembering to do. A lot of watching TV, waiting for that moment to come. And he had that really cool locker room moment with his dad, and, and it, was very, it was very emotional, and it just had a heck of a, heck of a team. And, of course, who would have thunk? 
in 91 that they would have gone on and dominate and won six or seven, however many more they won? Six or seven. I think a couple more and they would have run out of fingers in their hands for their uh, <laughs> the rings. The rings. Right? Love the that. Rings. Okay. So final question as we get to know Claudia Freed on the front end. Give us one of your favorite movies or books. I love to read and I love to watch movies, both on the planes, when I ride along the world, when I am able to do that. Uh, but most recently, for the personal connection, I have to say that a movie that really moved me is a movie that is really affiliated with children's, really, Coco. 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 Yes. And because I'm from Argentina and I'm very sympathetic to the um, entire idea of family and what happens to families and also to explain uh, the things that happen in life to children. Um, yes. I find that to be a very moving movie. Agreed. I think it's one of our kids' favorites, uh, Coco. Yes. Um, <laughs> all right. So now that we've kind of gotten a better uh, feel uh, for who Claudia Freed is, let's talk about the year that keeps on teaching, right? 2021. Uh, yeah. It's brought truckloads of eureka moments learned a ton about who we are as, a, as humans, uh, who we are as professionals and supply chain, reverse, returns, you name it, retail. What was a key Eureka moment that 2021 taught you? In 2021, we really embraced an idea that to be successful, one has to commit to continue growing to keep giving. Mm. So in our Eureka moment at EAL Green was when we realized that to have a mantra that in, empowers both the growth of the business and the impact on the mission. And that the Eureka moment for us really was that profitability and sustainability do not have to compete with each other. So for us, it was really finding that we could meet our mission and that we can continue to grow, which is what we did in 2021. I love that. So let's, let's move right into Yale Green. For the handful of folks that may not know what the organization does, tell us about what the organization does and the growth and where you love spending your time. I love to spend time at EAL and talking about EAL and our mission, and that's very clear. And throughout the 40 years, because on this 2nd of February, we celebrated our 40th anniversary. Wow. Throughout the 40 years, I would say that we have learned to tell the EAL story a little bit differently. And if you had asked me that question five years ago, I may have emphasized other values, but right. the bottom line of what we do is that we help companies with excess and surplus inventory get rid of that problem, yep. and we redistribute the products to colleges and universities in exchange for a scholarship. Yep. So this idea that there is no waste, but that you have to find a new way and a new purpose for the product is at the heart of why we are at the RLA conference. Yes. And that is very much what happened in 21. Keep growing to keep giving. I love that. And uh, you were talking, you were referencing growth a moment ago. Amanda and I had the good fortune of uh, meeting you in the halls kind of as we were passing by each other at this conference. <laughs> and gosh, y'all really have been on the grow. So you can do more. Can you speak to a little more to that? Yes, absolutely. In 2021, EAL had the second most successful year in our history, measured by the support that we received from our donors. Yep. That success gets translated into the ability of the nonprofit to be able to fund scholarships. In specific terms, in 2021, we funded 1,123 scholarships. Wow. So these are 1,123 students 
who with the help of donors and colleges that they are attending are able to then either complete or stay in college uh, to then enter the workforce and one day be the future that we really very much need. I love that, helping them fulfill their dream, uh, achieving educational goals, because if they don't get the resources and aid, right. what happens? What is happening, and we've seen this happen uh, over time, if you are a student with financial need, the only way that you are going to be able to complete a degree and improve your life, you may have to take two or three jobs, which, happen, which means that your journey from when you start a college degree to when you can even achieve a certificate is so much longer. And the longer you stay out of the market, that means you are borrowing money. So when you do graduate, you end up with a lot of debt. Right. And our goal is to provide these scholarships so the students graduate with less debt. 1,123 scholarships, the yes. second most successful year in a 40-year track record of helping others and empowering their dreams so yeah. they can go on and do big things and change the world, frankly. And take on the jobs that we need. We, we focus a lot in 2021 as well on a particular sector of higher education, which is uh, technical education. Okay. So how do we apply our model of creating scholarships for the particular skill set that we so badly need in this country? Welding, engineering, financial and accounting, all the industries that we are hearing from in this conference are talking about a war for talent. Right. They're all talking about tracking costs. Yep. And they're all talking about technology. You can actually sit in any of the conference rooms and those three themes are going to be very prevalent. Yes. And therefore, we have the opportunity to support students and the colleges as they try to read into the future what do companies need? What type of skill set do they need? I love how your mission is serving so many needs on so many different levels, right? Because there are big needs in this war for talent for more technically trained sure. professionals. So what a beautiful matrix is the word that comes to mind, right? A matrix of <laughs> well, service. I love the, the analogy uh, because in the conference uh, next door, they're talking about dynamic supply chains. And what, what they're really talking about is any business, in order to stay in business, must adapt. Yep. And in 40 years, we have had to adapt. And that is in large part what we did in 2021. We said we need to invest in technology, so we invested in an ERP. Uh, we need to invest in understanding what are the um, professions that are in most demand. And when you can bring it all together, it's really a win-win-win. Right. Yes, students, industry, and you're uh, helping these universities clear out equipment and, and recycling and, and reusing a lot of that. So everyone wins. Right. So it's actually the corporations clearing out the equipment. The colleges and universities become their customers. Ah. So we match the surplus on the business side and we meet the needs of the colleges and universities using logistics to actually map how do we take something that is a surplus for one consumer into the hands of colleges and universities. Logistics with purpose, right? Logistics Absolutely. with purpose. I love that. Uh, and I think I see Antonio right off to our side here. Good to see you. Yes. We really enjoyed Antonio and you participating in some, some of our shows and live streams. Let's talk about your why. Let's talk about what is your why 
for all the give forward that, that the organization does and of course your role? After a lot of time thinking about that question, I believe that in my experience, my why is I love to solve problems. I love to solve problems and I have realized that when I am happy in solving problems is because what I am solving is worth my time. And when I am solving a problem at EAL, that means more students can receive help. At a broader, more personal uh, experience, I come from a family of educators. Okay. I just learned this past week that my Italian grandfather, who knew he would not live long because he was ill, made my grandmother, Clarita Pedemonte Matteloni, promise that my grandmother will give her, their four daughters, my mother is number two daughter, the gift of an education. Wow. So I come from a family that values that. And my greatest gift is to use the ability that I have, my training in economics, a great team to solve problems so that more people can enjoy what I have had the opportunity to enjoy. I love that. That's such a force multiplier, right? As folks learn and get educated and have those experiences and then they apply all of those to industry and to solving problems, to changing how industry works for the better. It is a wonderful, wonderful contribution to an ecosystem with so many stakeholders and shareholders. Let's talk about here at the RLA conference. Again, it's all about returns management, reverse logistics, really important uh, aspect of global business these days. So when you think about those segments of global business, what's a couple things you're really focused on more than others right now? It's been very, very encouraging to see that not one single panel in the last two days and uh, one day remaining tomorrow, not a single panel has ignored or excluded the environmental impact of all their activities. So this concept of ESGs, which stands for Environment, Society, and Governance, that's one of the frameworks for looking at sustainability not a single presenter is leaving that topic out. The As topic, opposed to like 10 years ago where no, I bet... Even, even three years ago. Three years ago. I think that the, the, what we've seen is a rapid growth in both interest and more importantly, I think one of the takeaways is that it's very, very clear that consumers are playing a significant role in that voice. Because typically, why do we generate new habits in doing things differently? Either you are being regulated or you are being penalized or you see a business opportunity. Right. And in this particular conference, on the 18th annual conference, what I've seen is that all the presenters, whether you are a retailer in electronics or you are doing pharmaceuticals, it's the consumer that is demanding that environmental accountability. And the industry is responding. Right. It's it's very clear. That's one of the takeaways. And then the other thing, which is very close to my heart, because I am a mother of twin daughters who are young women into this phenomenal world of business. Yes. The number of women that are involved in supply chain. In fact, I think it was the largest VIP luncheon for women in logistics and in supply chain that we had and in reverse logistics. And the diversity of backgrounds, uh, not only for what has been a traditional spot for women in HR, all the way to engineering. And it is 
absolutely energizing for me as an older female now looking at what is the next generation? How do we, um, you know, continue to open doors for them? Yes, I'm with you. So your daughters, I know one of them, maybe both of them, but I know one of them is a very talented musical artist. And what did we, when we were on a live stream, we talked about this. She played, what, what instrument is that? Accordion. Accordion. That She's is, an accordionist. Yes, which has got to be a challenging skill to... I tell you what is challenging, and I agree completely. I look at what Erica does with her instrument, and it's not only aesthetically beautiful to look at, but it sounds fantastic. But I do think that another human development aspect as a business that I had to learn in 2021, and as a result of the word that no one wants to mention, COVID... Um, as a result of that is, and as a parent of twins, is that there is a desire for individuation. When you have twins, whether they're fraternal or identical, one of the ideas behind raising them as individuals is how do you give them each the chance to be who they want to be. Right. And I recently read a book and actually listened on audio about one and the same, which is about the story of raising twins and how do we as leaders afford everyone in your team the opportunity to be the individual that they need to be. Really important and critical. And you know, we were talking pre-show earlier today about these team dynamics. Correct. Right? And, yes. and how, well, I'm not going to try to put it in your words. Tell, tell us about what you, some things you, you've learned in the last recent so, years. So, um, looking at Erica's twin is a landscape ar- architect. So, I have an, a talented musician and a talented architect in the family. Twins born 20 minutes apart. Both creating beautiful things. And they are creating beautiful things, looking at the world through the eyes of somebody that understands that they were given the opportunity to be who they are. And we, I kind of took uh, some of those uh, lessons as a parent over the last 30 years and I looked at our team at EAL Green. And so during the, the pandemic, we realized that not everybody was reacting the same way right. to the threats of uh, health management. Not everybody was able to not work in the office because we have fulfillment centers. We have trailer loads coming in. They could not work from home. So what we decided to do was to look at incorporating certain levels of training at the same time so that the message that we need to learn how to be tolerant of each other in the place work in the workplace. How do we need to afford everybody room to grow wasn't just the CEO saying that message. We partnered with our payroll service and said, ADP, what training do you have for teaching us how to tolerate each other at a place where things are so tense and things are changing? Uh, we also did training on cybersecurity to ensure that our new way of working was also a safe environment. Protected, yeah. And we coupled that training with the idea that we had to change and afford everybody, if I have an extrovert in the team or an introvert, that you recognize that and with sensitivity and with the parameters of the law, uh, you can accommodate your team to continue to grow. I love it. Lots of options based on personal preferences, uh, personal choices, so we can we can make sure everyone is, is more comfortable and positioned to succeed and contribute, right? 
that's the point. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Uh, there is no point if the company is doing well, but your team is unhappy or doesn't feel appreciated or doesn't feel valued. And so presenting that package of this is a place that we care about you and we will provide the opportunity for you to be able to do your job and uh, know that you are doing it for a great purpose. I love that. Love that. Okay. So we saved the be maybe the best question for last. Big, bold predictions for 2022. Oh. Now, I might have had just a little sneak peek into what your response is here, and I think it's a, it's a home run, and I like BHAG. Big, hairy, audacious goal, and I think it's going to hit that. So tell us, look, at, look deep in your crystal ball. What is your big, fearless prediction this year? I, I love my crystal ball, and it's <laughs> <laughs> it is an instrument that I use all the time, <laughs> because I do think that when you are in leadership, you are expected to be able to have Look the abilities. Corners, right? right. I mean, you you don't make progress by trying to react. You need to be ahead of the idea, ahead of the times. Like the founders for EAL Green were 40 years ago, wow. when they came up with this idea of what do we do with excess inventory and how do we help young people uh, realize their dreams. Mm. That was vision. That was pure vision. Right. So I have the legacy that I have to carry on my shoulders of that legacy. So I have my crystal ball and yes. it's lovely and I love it. So in response to your wonderful question mm. about what do we see going forward, one area where I believe is very important for us to focus on is the fact that in the United States, there are only 18% 18%, so less than 20% of all patents are held by women inventors. Wow. 20%, so 18%. Mm. The predictions of the Bureau of Labor Statistics say that it will take 70 years so. until 2092 for us women right. to reach parity. Yeah. So my bold prediction is that we're going to cut that difference in half. It's not going to take 70 years. I think it will take less. Will it be 30? Well, hopefully in the next 10 to 15 years. And why the connection? Because I believe that the reason that we don't have so many women inventors is that we have had a deficit with regards to technical education, right. STEM. That emphasis is relatively new. So my prediction is that not only we are going to cut the difference in the number of women that are inventors to half or less, but that the inventions will come from very much this industry. Mm. Every aspect from a product, the way that it is designed, to the way that science, for example, if we talk about medicine for a second and right. the, the research for medicine, largely it is now an established fact that the research for medicine is largely based on the male constituency mm. because very few drugs are developed considering the female uh, needs for medicine. So the fact that we need to not only have the parity of the science, but also the customer, in this case, a patient. Right. So medicine is looking at formulating treatments that are really much more specific, more individualized. Yes. And I believe that that is going to give women entrepreneurs a much greater opportunity, whether it's inventing a new type of packaging, whether it's inventing a new way of tracking your talent. Yes. Another colleague that is in the supply chain world created an app 
that tracks the skill set of every employee in a warehouse. So if they need to weld a motor at the end of the warehouse, they, know where to go. they deploy that person instead of having to hire the same person two or three times. So innovation is coming and it is going to be hidden in a purse <laughs> and it's going to be part of my crystal ball. And it's, it's coming, it, it, the rate of change is yes. going to increase to, uh, based on a lot of the factors you've pointed out. I love that. And that is some wonderful good news to wrap on. You know, like you, I don't have uh, twin daughters, but I've got two, two of my three children are daughters. Yes. And as we t I want to say we talked about this a couple of years ago because that's not good enough just to have daughters and want to change things. You want to, you know, you want to change things for the sake of changing things so you create opportunities for all. Yes. So that everyone can benefit, including the daughters you happen to have. But, you know, I don't want anyone, I want them to blow through any obstacle, walls, yes. barriers, and, and, uh, and know that they can, yes. right? And, and I really appreciate what folks like you are doing because they need those presidents and CEOs or senior leaders that yep. are doing big things yes. to help them aspire to do big things, right? That's an important thing, is that right? Absolutely, and I believe that the issue of gender is it's a topic that really deserves a wider conversation. Um, yes, we have to be very inclusive. Right. And so I have daughters, other people have sons, other right. people have sons or daughters people that don't identify or declare a gender. So for right. me, uh, being progressive in that sense, it's super important. Yep. Um, the one thing I would say to anyone in terms of developing a culture of support, uh, the children do look up to the parents, uh, spending time with each of them individually rather than as a bunch of people. The same right. thing with the team. It may not be possible for everybody, the, the larger you grow, to spend time with every member of your team. But it's very important to try to be ac to have access to them and for them to see you as a role model, living, living the passion that you have for I what you it. do. I love it. Well, you're the living embodiment of that passion, uh, and I'm looking forward to. Uh, you set a high bar with your with 2021. So I agree. <laughs> I agree. You are absolutely right, and I, that is exactly a very valid point, and why understanding the dynamics of the times that we live in. Right. Uh, we used to have the ability to do three-year strategic plan. Now it's three months. Now you are touching and going and base measuring and every measure that you can put in place, right. go ahead and put it in place because it will never be enough. Yes, never. Because in four months' time, the world can change mm -hmm. and your company, your, your group better be ready to change and you can't afford to say, we will do that next year. Agreed. Agreed. Well, I'm excited to see what y'all do accomplish in your 41st year. Congratulations on your 40-year anniversary, which was February 2nd. Correct. Right? Yes, February 2nd. And uh, we're going to have to uh, reconnect as we work through your 41st year, have you back on, maybe have you on a live stream. And that way you can take some questions from our global ecosystem here at Supply Chain Now. Would love to do that. And again, thank you so much for all the support that you lend to the community and for your success as well. Well, I know, I know that if you're not successful, we're not successful. Well, I appreciate that. You know, it, it takes a village, right? And it then does. some. But love what you, so, so let's make sure folks know how to connect with you and EAL Green. There might be some listeners out there that want to, you know, get behind yeah. your effort and help support it. So how can folks connect with you? 
they first need to listen to supply chain now, because <laughs> that, that is right. where we are all the time. <laughs> uh, they can connect with me on LinkedIn, Claudia Freed, E-A-L Green, uh, or they can visit us at ealgreen.org. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, Claudia, I am so glad that we could reconnect here Absolutely. after the last couple of years. That uh, goes without saying, so much has changed since the last time you and I sat down with Greg White. Yes, who missed you here today, but but we'll we'll reconnect. Send my that. regards, I another fellow Argentinian. <laughs> Yes, that's yes, right. Yes, yes. But we will absolutely want, we'll talk soon. Folks, make sure you connect with Claudia Freed and EAL Green. And, and if you can, what a great story to get behind and support. Uh, so thank you so much, Claudia, for thank all that you do. Thank you so much. You bet. All right, folks, uh, that just about wraps up our coverage here from the 18th Annual Reverse Logistics Association Conference and Expo. Stay tuned to all of the episodes we'll be publishing in the mm -hmm. weeks ahead. Be sure to connect with Claudia. Most importantly, you know, on behalf of our entire team here at Supply Chain Now, uh, be like Claudia. Do good, give forward, be the change that's needed. And on that note, we'll see you next time right back here at Supply Chain Now. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for being a part of our Supply Chain Now community. Check out all of our programming at SupplyChainNow.com and make sure you subscribe to Supply Chain Now anywhere you listen to podcasts. And follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. See you next time on Supply Chain Now. Supply Chain Now.